Hello. You are about to travel through the sixth dimension. In its fullness exists cinema entertainment that creates many forms, all while maintaining the same purpose, to tell and explore magnificent stories of the burden of existence. This is a dimension of imagination. Your hosts, Adam and Bailey, will do their best to guide you through vast perspectives in cinema that create new dimensions for all to admire. Welcome to AB Cinema. Hello, everyone. It is Monday, June 27th. My name is Adam. And I'm Bailey. And this is AB Cinema. And uh, today we're going to talk about some reviews. But uh, before we get into that, a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, first off, tomorrow, Only Murders in the Building Season 2 drops. So Episode 1 comes out. I couldn't be more excited. Bailey, what about you? I am excited. For those that are not watching us, so that's everybody except for Adam, I am pumping my <laughs> arms in the air out of excitement because I cannot wait to see the trio come back. Yeah. And so that drop, the first episode comes out tomorrow on Hulu. Are they just doing one or are they dropping a two-parter? I I think it's probably just going to be one, I imagine, because I think it comes out on, is it a Hulu exclusive or, I, I, I believe it is. So I, I don't know. Hulu has been interesting with second seasons. I don't know if they've made anything clear with like first or one episode or two episodes. It's been kind of hit or miss with Disney Plus as well. So, I mean, it's got a following now, so I imagine it could just be the first episode, but I will be pleasantly surprised if there's two. I just looked it up, and apparently we get a two-parter tomorrow. So yes. uh, we'll have two episodes. I can be more excited. Um, on Something else that I wanted to mention, I just finished Squid Games for the first time, and I'm blown away. I'm, I'm excited to see, I guess short reaction i feel like every episode didn't have to be an hour long i felt like at some point in the episode i understood what they were going for but they kind of just you know dragged it out i felt like but all in all i thought that it was a great show and i'm excited i i want to see what they're gonna do for season two so i'm excited too i i i know i've said like i wish that they wouldn't do a second season um because i feel like I feel like the last 10 to 15 minutes of the show was just like, how are we going to, let's try to make a sequel to this and let's just set it up for that. And I was a little annoyed by that. But other than that, I thought the show was great. And I'm curious to see where they're going to go with this, especially without 12 years of development. Yeah. But other than that, is there anything you wanted to share, Bailey? Anything that you've been watching or, you know, before we dive into the movies we talk about today? I started watching Umbrella Academy Season 3, and that's a show that I want you to watch sometime. I enjoy it. It's a fun, quirky little show. I I haven't finished it yet. I have like six episodes left, so I'm excited to see how it ends. And then the other thing I wanted to just say real quick, Marvel is coming to San Diego Comic-Con. Probably just going to be releasing some trailers and maybe a couple announcements. I imagine that they're going to want to save the bulk of their announcements for D23 in September and Disney Plus Day. So I, th I think that we won't be getting a ton of stuff at Comic-Con, like maybe a movie or two is announced or some trailers are released for like Black Panther 2 or Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. 
With that, then, let's jump right into our reviews. Two movies came out this weekend, Elvis and The Black Phone. So let's start first by diving into Elvis. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get right into it. Bailey, what were your initial reaction to Elvis? Well, my initial reaction was, man, I should not have gotten that large soda and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very long movie. And I don't think that it needed... See, this is my my thing, and I struggle with this. I, I thought when I left, I was like, this is a very long movie, and um, it was really good still. But I I felt like they could have cut some stuff out, but I didn't know what they could cut. I felt like everything was really cool to see and interesting, but I, I felt like that it was just way too long. Yeah. I, I, I did I did feel like I agree. At some point I looked down at my watch and that's when I feel like you know a movie's too long is when you're trying to find out how much time is left. Because like how do I say it? The only movie that I can ever relate to was watching it in theaters Morbius. mission n- No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um is like Mission Impossible Fallout. Because they go through like two acts and then they're like transitioning into the third act and i thought how much longer is in this movie but then the third act happens and i'm just along for the ride and then when it ends i was like dude that whole movie was great and i feel like this one i was like okay how much longer do we have and then you know it was still great but like i felt like it was super long you know here's the thing there's only been two movies where i've looked down on my watch and i thought when is this gonna end and um the first movie that I did that through was Eternals. And I I do not like that movie very much. Elvis, on the other hand, was way more palatable than Eternals was. I felt like it was easier to digest. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this movie was a lot better and more entertaining. It kept my It kept my attention a lot better than Eternals did. It's a bad comparison, those two movies. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, So let's talk about probably the biggest topic coming out of this movie. Austin Butler as Elvis Presley. In my my short reaction, this guy's got to be nominated for an Oscar, right? There's no way he does not get nominated for his performance here. I agree. Um, I, I didn't realize this. I knew that he did some of the singing for the first part of the movie. Or actually, I thought he did the music for the whole movie. But then towards the end of it, I was like, that can't be right because it definitely looks like it definitely sounds like Elvis. And so I looked it up after and I found out that he had just recorded like the first couple of songs that were in the movie. So during Elvis's earlier years, I think Hound Dog was the last one that he had recorded in in terms of where this movie ends with the time periods. Mm hmm. But I I agree. Austin Butler had a really really great performance as Elvis. Like I, he I don't know if he went full method actor on this, but it sure seems like he did. And I'm I'm okay with it on this because he, it delivered. And there there was a part in the movie we'll get in, like I don't know. It, it's okay to talk about spoilers in this, right? Let's just let's give our initial reactions first, and then we'll talk spoilers. Okay. All right. 
but that's yeah i loved his performance there was a part that was really touching to me that i'll i'll touch on later but i really really enjoyed austin butler's performance uh what did you think about tom hanks as the see this is this is where we differ a little bit i'm of the opinion i just didn't like him in the role something about it First off, I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan that the movie was told from his point of view. Um, I mean, like it's cool that you get an unreliable narrator and stuff like that. But the point of his point of view being told was interesting. But I didn't know that I cared that I didn't know that I cared that much for it. And also, like my my real dig, I suppose, is that it's hard for me to not see past Tom Hanks being. Tom Hanks, like when he's talking in this weird accent that he has, even when you know he's being evil or conniving, it's like, I just still know that it's Tom Hanks. Like, and I don't know if that's just this, this movie or, you know, this, this role, but like something about it didn't, didn't match up for me. And so for me, I kind of, I was more bothered by him in the film. Yeah, I can understand that because like looking back on it now, I, I'm thinking about like, the perspective because it did make it seem like his perspective was was the the main like we were following it from his mind his point of view but at the same time i i do think that um there were plenty of moments where we would go back and see it from elvis's point of view as well mm-hmm. which that was kind of weird to me it felt like there wasn't a definitive like okay this is from Tom Hanks' perspective because the movie is called Elvis, but why do we need to see it from the person who tore his life apart? Yeah. And that's that I can see why that would be bothersome, uh, especially because of the the shifting perspectives throughout the movie. You know what else bothered me, to be honest, is the narration. I think narration, If and I, I didn't write this down, so this is, I'm throwing you a curveball here, but something about the narration in the movie kind of felt cheap to me to some degree and because narration really is a hard thing to nail right and so I, I I felt like for me the narration was more annoying than it was insightful if that if that makes sense mm-hmm. I agree it, I, yeah I, I was gonna say I want to know what your opinion is if it's if it's different by all means please hit back at me but I, I that that's another thing that I was thinking about no, I agree because like the narration it like it was an unreliable narrator because of who was narrating it. And I can I definitely see your point of view, but to me it wasn't like it wasn't bad enough to the point where I was like taken out of the movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um because it only happened just a handful of times and like there were some funny parts towards the the middle of elvis's career that we were watching that were that were pretty funny to me from his point of view and um i did enjoy those parts the most out of the whole thing but um yeah i i definitely see where you're coming from and and can understand why that would be bothersome yeah so austin butler tom hanks those are our opinions of them in the role one other thing that i wanted to bring up um and then maybe perhaps we'll get full into spoilers i feel like the editing for me in the first 45 minutes to an hour 
just seems so frenetic and all over the place and not frenetic in a good way like the editing in Top Gun Maverick you know where it's frenetic and it's happening and you feel like you're flying and you're holding your breath it's more to me I felt like frenetic and like I'm almost getting whiplash jumping back and forth or jumping between things that it was almost to some degree a little bit incoherent to me it started it started to smooth out the later you get into the film almost as if like they set up how successful he is and all these things um but just that first 45 minutes now I felt like was was kind of rough in terms of just the editing and jumping all over the place yeah I could definitely I I see that for the first part of the film um I do I, I I agree with you that at the very beginning it was very fast paced and it it got the plot moving very fast because like the camera work was really trippy in the beginning like there was a lot of CGI way more than I thought there would be yeah and the way that the camera moved it was somewhat disorienting at times because of it um and so I I don't know like and I know it's Boz Lerman's style it's it's <laughs> totally his tag all over this film it's his stamp and i get it but at the same time like do we need that much flashiness like yes it is vegas yes we are watching a movie about elvis but like all of elvis itself it i don't feel like it needed that perspective Mm -hmm. um i i did it did smooth out towards the middle like there were longer segments and it would sometimes go back to that fast editing of like, here's a shot for two seconds. Now we're changing the scene two seconds later. And that those parts were the only parts where I was like, okay, can we stop this now? I, I, I want to leave this movie and, and feel like I didn't go on some acid trip or something. So, so here's something I want to mention because I was thinking about that too and I was sitting there watching the movie. It reminded me almost of like the Batman, not because their, their editing was similar or their cinematography was similar, but just because their cinematography was different. And by that I mean like a lot of cinematography in more mainstream movies and especially Marvel movies are clear. You see everything. You see what's going on. You it's everything's well lit and sometimes in this movie i felt like it was tilted or you didn't get you know some people were kind of not all in frame and somewhat out of frame and and maybe this is just me being a snob but you know it was like okay i like almost that i'm being challenged to like look for things or or look at things in a different way because a lot of these other movies you know they're they're or a lot of more mainstream movies are made very, you know, everything's easy to see and it's kind of simple. So I, I did appreciate that. I think, I don't know, I don't know if that makes me sound like a snob or not, but I think it was just different, you know, the cinematography was and the editing. And so I thought, okay, this is, this is, you know, a change of pace and I'm trying to adjust to watching this movie. Yeah, you, you definitely do sound like a snob. I'm just kidding. Uh, I I agree with you on that. I I do feel like there was some of that in this movie, and yeah, I I don't know. I some parts of it, like I don't know. I it's hard to put my finger on it. Like some parts of it felt very natural, and then other parts were like 
like I just kind of wanted to just sit down and watch it because it's a two-hour movie. It's a long movie to sit through. And when you're trying to when you're watching a movie like this, like I I didn't want to watch a movie and think like, "Oh, I'm watching Shutter Island or something like that where I'm trying to pick things apart." And I that's a bad example. But um yeah, I I agree with you on that because if there was more coherency and stability in the movie, I feel like it would have been better. And I don't know if it's because I was expecting something like Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. where it was a typical typical cinematography for these type of films. And I, I liken it to that one or like Walk the Line. Yeah. And like those films felt very stable to me. But this definitely, it, it's Boz Lerman, like it's his take on it. And so that's... I'm not a huge fan of Boz Lerman, like his films, The Great Gatsby, and he's got some other ones that I haven't seen, but um, I, I'm i not a huge fan of that style where it's very, very stylized and flashy. And it, it, it felt like, it really felt like The Great Gatsby to me. Mm-hmm. His, his two recent movies haven't been that big of successes with, well, I wouldn't say Elvis, but I... I like these two movies are very similar in how they look. And that that to me was a little bothersome, but honestly the only thing that really had me going was the writing and Austin Butler's performance. Yeah, so I I feel like now is a safe time. We're going to jump into some spoilers here. We're going to talk more in depth or or you know, talk about specific things that we liked about this movie. So if you um if you don't want to be ruined by any spoilers, be sure to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about the Black Funnel a little bit later on, so be, feel free to skip on. But, Bailey, let's get into it. What what were some of your favorite parts of this movie? And I, and I kind of want to ask first, if if Austin Butler had an Oscar, you know, reel that they play, you know, as they present him for Best Actor, what do you think his scene is? It would either be the scene where... Um, where he is there's three scenes that i have in mind but one of them i feel like wouldn't be it um but the scene where he's in the closet reacting to his mom's death Mm -hmm. and like smelling her clothes and falling that's the part that really got me and that that's because like i did the exact same thing with when my mom passed and it was really hard like smelling her shirt and her perfume and everything it, it like it brought me back and that was one thing that really really got me with his performance was he he captured that so well and i think that might be one but out of the 3 that i'm thinking of i think that's the least likely the other one is when they're reacting to i can't remember if it's the assassination of Martin Luther King or Kennedy i can't remember I, there's because they both happen in the movie and so i i'm not quite sure which one he was reacting to but then colonel comes in and is like um it's got nothing to do with us and then he says it has everything to do with us and like that was that was a part where it just sent chills down my spine because it was like yes he's right and then the other part of that would be like when he's singing um if i can I think the song is If I Can Dream. 
when it, with the big Elvis letters behind him. And um, that was that was really powerful too. But I don't know. What do you think? You know, it could be that scene where he's on stage in Vegas and he's yelling at his and he's yelling at um Tom Hanks. Colonel. Yeah. I loved him when he called him Colonel Sanders. That was great. That could be one of them. That one just I mean, it was just super sad. I also like the whole JFK scene and the whole, you know, um the winter special. I felt like that was super powerful as well. Yeah. And especially because he's so going so against it. Um but yeah, I mean yeah, if I had if I had to vote I would probably say maybe the scene where he's on stage and he's, you know, just absolutely out of his mind and furious. I agree. That's that's a really good one. And I could definitely see that too. Yeah, but but all around, I just think Austin Butler did great. Yeah. It's hard to tell. Like, I, I don't... Thinking back to all the movies that I've seen this year, honestly, the only one that really stands out to me for best actor is Austin Butler's performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, no doubt about it. Absolutely no doubt about it. Like he, even if he doesn't win, which would be shocking, I just don't know how he's not nominated at least. Yeah, I agree. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, It's going to be a long time before we, we find out whether or not, but I I have no doubt that Warner brothers is going to be pushing for the Oscar nom at least. So then, Tom Hanks is best supporting Oscar. What do you think? <laughs> my votes, no. You already know my opinion, but I think he'll be nominated, but I could care less if he wins. And that's yeah. not like not because I don't like Tom Hanks or anything. I think he's a great actor, but I I just feel like there's not a lot. I I feel like there's better supporting actors out there that deserve an Oscar more than Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's had his years and time to shine. Uh, it's time for somebody else to get it. But I I do think that makeup and costume design. I I definitely think that this movie will at least be nominated. Not sure if it will win, um, but I do think that this movie will absolutely be in the in that category. I felt like it was pretty good too. I I'm not the one to look a whole lot at makeup and costume, so I need to get better at that. Um, but yeah, Elvis. Thing is. is I'm not either, but <laughs> this movie, like Elvis, like Austin Butler had so many costumes in this movie. Yeah. And I, it is essentially a replication of Elvis's life and the outfits mm. that he wore. But I do think that they did a really good job. Everything was believable. And like if this movie was made 30 years ago or even when Elvis was alive, like it felt like it captured the era or the eras that this movie was portraying really, really well. Yeah, I agree. It, it, and, it, and you felt like you it moved with time as well, you know. What did you think of the music? You know, this is a good question because I think I walked out and I was a little bit baffled. I'm usually more of a fan of just incorporating more of like, for example, the subject matters music. Like, one of the things, and I'm going to reference another movie, one of the things I love about Walk the Line is that you you f- like you feel and appreciate more of Johnny Cash's music. Like, one of my favorite parts in that film is when he plays that first Johnny Cash song in the recording studio, and they're like, okay, we have something. 
And like, it's just so powerful to me. And I feel like some of the most powerful Elvis moments, they, they like breeze through some of the songs or they like update them and they're not put at the forefront or like blended as well into the film, I felt like. And so that was one gripe. The other gripe I had was that at some point they played some really modern, you know, rap music or um, hip hop. And it was almost just like, it, it was kind of jarring to a sense. Vegas by Doja Cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, I don't. I listened to the album a couple days before the movie came out, just a couple of the songs. And that song came on and I was like, I swear if they put this in the movie, I'm going to be a little ticked <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, that's Boz Lerman's style. That's his flair. And what I think, like I was telling, I was talking with my wife about it and I thought, you know, the only reason that I feel like it kind of fits is because, you know, Elvis kind of, I feel like Elvis kind of bridged that gap for um, most, most of America to where what people thought was, you know, too inappropriate. And he brought it to the forefront and, you know, rebelled against, you know, the white America with rock and roll and all these things. And so it's like, you know, to some degree, because of Elvis, all of this stuff can be more mainstream. But like, it, it was it was a little it was a little odd to me, I must say. Yeah, I would agree. Like I it was just, yeah, it was odd. But it's Bos Lerman's flair. He did the same thing with uh with uh Great Gatsby. And I, I wasn't a fan of that either. Like the music itself in Great Gatsby was fine, but in the movie it kinda took you out of it for a little bit because it's like set in like I don't even remember when Great Gatsby is set, but the music felt like it was a modern take on that music, which it didn't need that. And like I get like like what you said, it's a tribute to Elvis Presley and what he stood for as far as bridging the gap between what we saw as music and like helping with the movement for um for the civil rights movement. Like it was very integral, and I liked that. I liked that it showed that background with BB King and and Sister Rosetta, and I I really enjoyed those aspects that we saw in the film. But I do feel like the modern takes on some of the songs, like when he first meets uh, Priscilla, and they play and a cover Casey Musgraves version of yeah, that is a perfect example. And it's like, okay, why? Like, <laughs> the Elvis version is really good. And that's, and that's like, see, I, like, I love music. I really do. Like, if I wasn't talking about movies on a podcast, I'd talk about music. But, like, covers of things, like, and especially in an Elvis movie, why wouldn't you just play the original in that? Or even have Austin Butler record it, because he has a good voice. He's proven yeah. himself to be able to yeah. handle it. And I if, don't understand if he had recorded it and they put it over that or even his own version of it, I would have been fine with it. But because they they changed it out and made it completely different, it was like, yeah, we get it. Like Crazy Rich Asians had Can't Help Falling in Love and a very pretty <laughs> voice or whatever. It, it was really good in that movie. But it's like that movie did it already. Let's let's stick to Elvis 
his music and celebrate his life and what he did and his stamp on the industry rather than have people pay tribute to it like and if you wanted to do that just put a special on on hbo max with a bunch of famous people recording his songs and so something else that i did want to talk about um one of the i i feel like maybe one of the last things is that i felt like for me this was very informative of who elvis was you know i i feel like i knew about him but i didn't know in depth about him and i really grew to appreciate elvis presley this movie was a tribute to elvis's life not his music yeah um and i think that's really interesting because his music was integral in that and um i i yeah i i feel like this movie was oddly about that and i wish it was more about his music because i was going and thinking it would be about the music kind of like bohemian rhapsody was Mm -hmm. but i i love that it was about his life and i love that you know he his his ties to the black community and his like it was all it was respect and he knew what he came from and he knew you know what he borrowed from and what his influences were and he put that at the forefront of everything he did and whether or not people liked him or whether or not people approved of him, he was just doing what he felt was true or what he owed, what he owed his musical influences to. And I just thought it was pretty. And I loved, you know, his, his mourning over the death of Martin Luther King and even the assassination of, you know, JFK. It was, it was just super pretty. And I'm not saying that he was flawless because, you know, toward the end of his life, he had issues with his family and, and, and drugs and, you know, a bunch of other things. But, you know, I didn't realize the impact that he had not only on popular culture, but on, you know, like the issues of race. And again, it's not like he, he made the whole world different, but he but he did his, he did what he could and what he knew he could do and i just i just really appreciated that and i felt like this movie really showed that off well yeah when he sang that song if i can dream yeah that oh my gosh i just thinking about that like i wish i was live during that time just to see this performance and see all of the the haters <laughs> like <laughs> like could you imagine what what it would have been like if social media was around then and seeing that on Facebook or TikTok or something. Oh like, my goodness. Man, that would today would be an interesting thing. But um my my overall thoughts were I love this movie. I do think that it will be up for best picture. I don't think it'll win. I I'm I think that everything everywhere is probably gonna take that one. Um but this movie will be up there as far as what it brought to cinema. I think it did a, a lot of great things. Um, there were things that stood out to me that were made it not as palatable for me. But overall, I really enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you grade the film? I would give it a B plus. I'd probably just throw a B on it. I mean, I liked it. Felt like it was a little long. The editing I felt like was a little inconsistent in the first hour. 
I have already given my opinion of Tom Hanks, but like, it's still a good movie. I would, you know, I would recommend to everyone just to watch it at least once. Like, I feel like it deserves that. And for, for that reason, I give it a B. Well, I think we should move on and talk about the black phone. I'm, I'm yeah. excited to talk about this one. I, I'm also scared to talk about this one. Yeah, Bailey, I mean, initial reaction, I feel like this is one of the first scary movies you've seen in theater. What did you think about The Black Phone? Yeah, before this, just to give the audience some some idea of my, my taste in scary movies, before this, the only scary movie that I had seen, or the scariest movie that I had seen in theaters was A Quiet Place, one and two, which those are not scary movies, they're just thrillers. Um. But I have seen movies like It before. I've seen The Ring, um, Insidious 1 and 2, maybe 3. I can't remember. But like my my taste in, in horror movies is not... I, I don't have... like It's not a niche for me. Um, I, I'm not a huge horror fan. That being said, this is the best horror movie that I've ever seen. Um, I, I say that with like i I don't want to say like just keep that in mind that i have not seen a lot of horror (laughs) movies so if anybody is bothered by that comment just deal with it because it's my opinion i i don't have that great of taste in horror so um i i think that the story was really well done scott derrickson did a great job at adapting this short story and um, I think that the acting in it was great. Ethan Hawke was creepy the whole time. His presence was felt all over, even in the scenes with without him in it. It was just eerie and dark, and I really, really enjoyed that. I agree. I, I really like this one. I I love horror movies. I spend my weeks... I spend my days trying to find more horror movies that beg to be watched, that deserve to be watched. And I think as a follow-up, as a follow-up to the first Sinister, I was really excited for this movie. Um, especially because this is the only this is, you know, the first time Derrickson and Hawk have reunited since Sinister. And Ethan Hawk was great, the kids were great. I felt like in parts you could tell, okay, this this has the same DNA as Sinister in certain scenes and in certain ways they did things. Um, yet it also felt a little more Stephen King, you know, more in line with a Mike Flanagan production where the heart or the emotion, the emotional through through line is present in the plot and you really follow it and you really care. And I I mean, overall, I was a fan of this movie. If If you're going to watch this movie in hopes that you know it's super scary it might not check off that box but i think it does accomplish (laughs) what a good scary movie does you know it's probably closer in relation to it than it is to sinister but you know it's funny that i said if you were to watch the scary you smiled what were you thinking bailey for somebody that doesn't like being scared this movie is great like it, it gives the perfect amount of jump scares like the movie it wasn't scary to me this one had jump scares that got me going and I there was a point where I was I, I closed my eyes and I turned to Adam and I was like, just tell me if something bad happens. <laughs> and, and I I was okay with that. Like 
like it, this movie did what it was supposed to do. It made first. <laughs> okay, I speak to the general audience here, not horror fans. This movie is for you. You should definitely check this movie out, even if you don't like horror. It it did a really really good job at the jump scares. It did a really I love the story of this with the relation that this kid had to all of the characters that had been kidnapped before him and how he reacted to being kidnapped. It was really fun and really intriguing to me and creative. The movie was really creative and original and I really enjoyed that. I'll, I'll, I will say this though. It reminded me of the lovely bones, but oh yeah, you asked me if I'd watched that. I had not, but I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, this movie felt a lot like The Lovely Bones, but with a horror twist to it. That movie was very supernatural in the sense of, like, mystical, like, what's after death and everything. But this movie was very... It's it's just similar. I, I It's hard to say that it's similar because the plots are very different. But they're the same in some aspects. If you want to talk about spoilers, Bailey and I are going to jump into these spoilers now. So, um, is there anything, is there any, is there a scene or anything that really stood out to you in this movie? Anything that you really liked about it? I mean, I know you already said you liked the story, so. Yes. Um, just the buildup to the escape. Like there, there was that whole entire, like, I didn't catch it towards the beginning of when he was first getting those phone calls that what he was doing was, was going to help him escape in the long run. Um, also Ethan Hawke's character is just stupid. Like how, how would he not see like this kid put out carpet over this giant hole? I'm going to go check it out. Like the guy's an idiot. Um, but he, I think he's, it also played on like the mental illness aspect of it, uh, without delving deep into it. Um, I did really enjoy those interactions with the kids over the phone and the lead up to the escape and how it culminated in this it was it was a beautiful scene the escape was a really beautiful scene even though like it was really gruesome one part where he snapped his neck but <laughs> yeah that was a little like ooh like it, it i think the whole audience just kind of like jumped a little bit just because of the sound but it was a uh, it was very poetic and beautifully done so something that i really liked was um mason thames and madeline degras journey i really you know you really care about them as brother and sister you set up early that they're close that they really depend on each other and their father really is of no help and their relationship really plays nicely and i just really love how at the end of the film especially when they're reunited and their their father's talking to them I think, you know, at some point he escaped for her. If no, if for no one else, that's the reason he felt he needed to get out was because, you know, he had to be there for his sister. And the whole journey, although be it a scarring journey that, you know, is awful. With no repercussions. with, With no repercussions. It really, you know, helped him to be someone that he felt he wanted to be. And I just loved that element. I loved, just as a side note, I loved um, the casting of James Ransom, who's 
in the original Sinister films. Um, in Sinister 1 and 2, he plays the sheriff in those movies. And so that was a nice little throwback. Um, and to be fair, my only dig on this movie is that I I was hoping it would be scarier. You know, especially because the first Sinister especially has, in my opinion, some of the most unsettling horror scenes in a movie. Just not because of what you see, but more so the auditory and visual experience is so like off-putting. But I felt like in a, in scenes where the girls having visions about the house and and were about the kids, it felt very sinister esque. But in those scenes alone, otherwise, uh, again, it felt more in line with like a, a new it movie or you know a Mike Flanagan emotional horror story. But again, I I love I liked this film. I thought it was so fun. I hated the yellow jacket it scene where she was riding her bike yeah that that really freaked me out like that was probably (laughs) the biggest jump that i got out of the whole movie and i don't know if like i don't know if that gave you a chuckle but (laughs) that that was really intense for me (laughs) you know something that i told my wife on the way home was all of the jump scares that happen in the movie i'd seen the trailer so i always knew was that one in the trailer that one was in the trailer. Okay, so I watched the trailers just once each. Uh-huh. Like the first trailer that came out last year when it was supposed to come out in February. And then I watched the last trailer, which came out just a couple weeks ago or just like a month or two ago. And I watched those trailers and I had forgotten about them. Yeah. So I essentially went into this movie and was completely, it was new. Whereas like, I rewatch Marvel trailers probably like maybe once every two weeks because they show up so often on my feed. And um, so I know those movies like before they even come out. But the thing is like, I, I feel like that did me some service Yeah. because I had forgotten everything that had happened in the trailer. Honestly, I forgot part of the plot of the movie besides the fact that he was trapped in this dude's basement and was getting calls from people who are dead. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's one thing that I felt like I wish I'd never watched the trailers or at least I wish I'd done what you did, watched them once, completely forgot about them. And then I would have had to piece it together again as I was watching the movie. But um, that was one thing. Again, I, I I was hoping it would have been scarier, but like it was it was fun. It's a very it's 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 a very good story at the center of it. Ethan Hawke is incredible. I don't think he's like Austin Butler levels of incredible, but it's, you know, this was the first, this was the role that made Ethan Hawke say, okay, maybe I can play bad guys because I think he had a very strict rule of not doing bad guys. And I think this one came out and then I think he also did Moon Knight, but I just, I just, I thought Ethan Hawke did great. He was a better villain in this movie than he was in Moon Knight. Although Ethan Hawke did a really good, he he was, it was the performances that elevated Moon Knight to what it was, but the show itself lacked in writing. But I don't want to talk about that. Black Phone was great though. <laughs> so Bailey, if you if you could give this movie a grade, what would you give it? I would give it a B. I I I agree. I will also give it a B. Again, that's it's about the same rating as Elvis. But, I mean, I think, you know, I have, I have different digs and different stories. But, yeah, I'd give this one a B as well. 
I think both movies need to be seen on the big screen at least once. Yeah. Um, to at least experience it because like for me, I, I don't know if I'm going to see another horror movie. Like I'm very picky with horror movies and what I watch. And so I'm like, I'm going to go see Jordan Peele's Nope next month. And I, I hope that it's good, but I'm also worried because I've seen the trailer in every single movie that I've seen since the last trailer came out. Yeah, I'm really ho- I'm really starting to think that when that movie trailer comes on in a movie, I'm going to walk out for five minutes and then come back in. <laughs> I think that's but, fair. Um, yeah, Bailey, is there is there anything else you wanted to add today? Anything else that you thought about um, these films that we just watched? No, I, I really enjoyed them. Like I said, I think both need to be seen. I, I do think that Elvis should just be seen just for the fact that it's potentially going to be running for Oscars. And to capture the magic of the Oscars and what it means, I feel like you need to see those movies in theaters. And so I I can't I can't say it enough, but go see this movie in theaters. Even Just don't bring a drink because you'll regret it. Get a small. All right. Well, that should do it for today's podcast. You can find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, Facebook. Our Gmail is abcinema.pod at gmail.com. Please reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Give us your opinions on um, what you like, what you dislike, what you'd want to hear us talking about on the movies that we've talked about and shows that you're excited for. Uh, As always, you know, We hope everyone has a great day. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with your friends. And as always, keep watching movies.